0: This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community, founded by Ben Pundle. This episode features Avi Brosh, founder of Pali Society. Avi Brosh from Pally Society. Avi, you have eight beautiful hotels. I haven't actually seen them all, but I have stayed in a couple. LA, San Francisco, Seattle, and Miami. You recently opened the incredible Silver Lake Pool and Inn. Very, very cool. And the Pally House in Miami, which I stayed at earlier this year. Pally House has received an enormous amount of recognition as being one of the leading independent hotel companies in the industry. And Forbes magazine has quoted you as saying, it's an ace hotel for grown-ups. Arvi, first and foremost, uh, how are you doing? Where are you? How are you quarantining? I am well. I am taking
1: this quarantining pretty seriously. I am fortunate enough to be holed up with my wife and uh, in Malibu, we have a home here. And so, in terms of where you can quarantine, this is as you know, this is as good as it gets.
0: How are things professionally? And that might sound like a crazy question, but how how are things professionally? I would say that you know, our position is pretty much the same
1: as everybody else. You know, this thing has really leveled the playing field for everybody. And uh, whether you're a sort of a smaller operator like we are, or a large operator. You know, everybody has hotels that are in different stages of stasis on some basis. We're a little bit unique. We actually have 15 hotels in our orbit, 10 of which are operating, and five that are sort of in various stages of of pipeline. But um, I would say our existing hotels are in in hibernation. Some are still open, but uh, some of them have closed and are waiting to, to get back on opening you know it was just uh, an absolutely heartbreaking experience and uh, i've never really gone anything through anything like that before as you can imagine but just the whole idea of right sizing the hotels to the business levels and the company as a whole to the business levels was just an incredibly challenging situation but i'm happy to say that you know we're now just sort of uh, waiting to, uh, open the rest of the hotels that are not open and just waiting for the, you know, for whether it be in Miami beach, for example, where Mm -hmm. we can't open or other markets where it makes sense to open, but that's sort of where we're, where we sit right now. Which hotels are currently open? Silver Lake Pool and Inn is open. Right. The Pali House in Santa Monica is open. The Pali Hotel in Westwood Village is open. And then we have another hotel that we're currently renovating in Hollywood, but that's stayed open through the renovation period.
0: How are the hotels in California
1: doing? Right out of the gate, there was a really precipitous drop like you saw in the rest of the industry where everything really dropped down to single digit occupancies, Mm -hmm. obviously. And it was just, it was a free fall and nobody really understood what was going on and you would make a game plan and the next day that game plan was rubbish but you know it's it's interesting the last week and a half we've actually seen a little bit of a pickup in the hotels that are open which has buoyed my spirits and i think buoyed everyone else's spirits in the company and so we're starting to see things trickle up so we're now in the hotels that are open are in the 20 percent occupancy range during the week ticking up to 30 percent on the weekends i think it's a little too early to say if that's a a trend or what that really looks like but i think that it's been now for a couple of weeks so i think i think we probably have hit some sort of a bottom absent any other sort of you know major bad news i i feel like we've 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 bottomed out on some basis
0: well i know that 20 or 30% occupancy is uh, usually a disaster for for our industry but it sounds very encouraging and and certainly something to work on i guess
1: You know everyone's looking for a sign you know what is what is that sign in terms of you know when it makes sense to open you're right 20 30 occupancy is you know is a disaster by any measure but we're just looking for some metrics to you know point us in the right direction
0: well given that the hospitality hotel and the travel industry is pretty much on hold globally what is it you think that the hotel industry needs to do to be successful post-corona to me i i really think about it in two
1: ways i when the hotels open up again where there's sort of a pre-vaccine or pre-treatment and then post-vaccine post treatment before a vaccine and before a treatment it's going to be wonky most people right now obviously are focusing on cleanliness i think that the one thing that we can look forward to no matter what happens is we're going to have cleaner planes we're going to have cleaner hotels we're going to have cleaner restaurants and those things are not going to be mandated by any you know, governmental authority. That, you're going to need to do that in order to get your customers and your staff comfortable. So I think that the very basic is you need to really focus on your cleanliness protocol. And I think you can see everyone's doing that. Everyone's doing uh-huh. a version of, of what that is. Uh-huh. You know, we're, we're doing it. We're we're obviously digging in and we've spent a lot of a lot of time focusing on what that looks like. We have the benefit of having hotels that are open so we can implement things now and kind of get a test run on what works and what doesn't work. And I think you have to do it for what's appropriate for your brand and sure. what might be appropriate for your customers. So I think in the short run, people really have to do a good job with their cleanliness program. Post vaccine, COVID will be omnipresent in the customer psyche for many years to come and i think it's going to be omnipresent in the way that operators approach their business outside of that I don't see any huge paradigm shifts within the lodging business overall, mm-hmm. long term. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't want to be looking out of the side of their eyes all the time about mm-hmm. who's coming and going. But The hotel business is a very tactile, analog business. It always has been. Yes, will there be legacy technology changes? And yes, will there be some wellness technology that's gonna make it through this and everyone's gonna deploy for sure. Same way that airplanes are safer now than they were pre 9 11 hotels are going to be safer. It's just Mm -hmm. going to be
0: what it is. And I think that that's an actually a fantastic thing. I think you're right. The guest wins. The guest wins because the guest knows that there's going to be cleaning and sanitation regimen in each of the the, the hotels that is better than ever before. This is a forced reset
1: for everybody. The guest is reassessing what's valuable to them in terms of their experience. Uh, And I think that the, you know, there there are gonna be winners and losers through this in terms of, you know, people that are paying attention to their guests and people that aren't, uh and people that are, you know, deploying certain thoughtful levels of hospitality that tap into what I think you know, people's new expectation levels are going to be. And the ones that do a good job with that will benefit on the other side. But this is really resetting people's expectations about what's valuable to them.
0: And Avi, this is something that you've been thinking about a lot, that you've been doing a lot of of work on. So tell us a little bit about the Pali Society Recovery Fund.
1: Pre-COVID, through a capital relationship that we've had, we raised quite a bit of capital to grow our brand and to make investments in hotels. And um, we ended up getting sidetracked because of this crisis and the benefits of it. We got together and we said, listen, you know, maybe what we really should be thinking about is helping people in our space. The greatest challenge for hotels today is staying power and their ability to just make it through this process. And the, the premise is that the really big capital sources that are sort of rubbing their hands and getting excited about buying hotels in distress or lending to hotels in distress, those guys who are very smart uh, are really focusing on the larger transactions, so, the big players, the yeah. big hotels you know, the big groups, and, and it makes sense. It, it You know, you, you're, you if you want to put out capital, it, a lot of times it makes a lot more sense to do it in big chunks. But for us, we said, well, let's focus not on those groups, but let's focus on the people that are perhaps a little bit forgotten in this process. And these are the smaller groups that don't have the same access to capital and maybe don't have the same access to expertise. And the idea is to help them get through this process, give them access to our, port, to our platform and our portfolio, our, our expertise uh, in this space, because as you know, Ben, we, we, we don't, you know, our largest hotel is 96 rooms. Uh, our average key size is probably 60 rooms. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we're really in the smaller neighborhood business. And so the idea is that we're going to help these people get through this process. You know, obviously, we're going to be risk-adjusted investments, but we're going to do it in a way where we're, we're only going to focus on the smaller players. That's the idea.
0: But that's great, Avi, because it also gives these hoteliers access to Pali Society, which leads me on to my next question. You are the developer, the designer. You do all your food and beverage in-house, the programming which is very unlike a lot of hoteliers who kind of farm out a lot of those disciplines. What makes you want to do everything? Where does that come from?
1: You know, the answer is that when I decided to get into the hotel business, nobody gives you anything, right? You have to earn everything yourself. And so I was fortunate to come from a real estate background. I came from a development background and I had my own company for many years before I decided to get into the hotel business. In order to Uh, make a hotel I had to make it for myself and if I was going to make it for myself I needed to do it with my own sensibilities or else it wasn't going to feel genuine to who I was as a professional and what I wanted to do with my career. I started in hotels you know in the middle of my career so I was able to I think bring a lot of just sort of you know real world experience to it. So early on, we were the developer of all the jobs. We did everything soup to nuts. Our role has transitioned a little bit where we're not taking on as much of the developer role now as we're collaborating with other people across the country, where they're taking on a little bit more of the heavy lifting. We're still involved, obviously, heavily in the execution side. But I think, interestingly enough, people don't really want to collaborate with you on small hotels. They don't feel that there's enough in it for them. And uh, I learned that early on and so the decision was you know let's just make this a very proprietor driven experience top to bottom design all the placemaking components the uniforms the graphics and so there was a very conscious decision once we opened a couple of hotels and they were successful the idea was you know maybe we're, on, maybe we're onto something and so we just went all in with a proprietor driven experience which included the you know the food and beverage obviously operating and all that kind of stuff and you know look it it, it's been a while now and you you make mistakes along the way and you learn how to do it and i think that not a lot of people want to put the energy in to understand how to to make a 50 room hotel be the leader in its group in a competitive set right that takes a lot of that takes a lot of gumption to
0: be able to sure. do that but that that's that was the reason i think but we, i guess you, you also work with your wife and kids as well which, which that, is, i love reading about that's it.
1: right we're we're a family business um and i think that we approach everything like that so uh we take it all very personally
0: it's a very personal endeavor I, I was reading that your aim is to have 30 plus hotels i didn't realize you were as far along as you are why so many and do you have dream locations that you want to get to
1: I think that every neighborhood on some basis needs a local inn, a cool local inn. And so for me, 30 seems like not enough because I think there are 30 locations across this country or across the globe where I think that we're relevant and make a lot of sense. But if you think about it in terms of sheer numbers, for us, thirty hotels is is maybe two thousand hotel rooms. My point is that you know, when I think about scale and I think about the number of properties, for us, it still has a very boutique, independent sensibility about it. And yes, in some markets where we're, our our hotels trend a little larger, is very much offset by hotels that are small. We've, mm-hmm. we've got, we're working on new hotels that are as small as thirty five rooms, right. and so. It's part of our DNA, it's part of our culture. And so, you know, I think that for us, the growth is probably very modest in terms of what our expectation levels are.
0: Any advice for anybody who's watching who's in the hotel business? What I would say is it's gonna be tough.
1: And I think that, you know, we shouldn't kid ourselves. It's gonna be a very challenging pathway back to where we were, but we're gonna get back. And we're going to get back, like I said, with a better product. Some people won't make it all the way through. But I think the ones that do are going to create special experiences. The one thing that you notice by all the people that you chat with um, on Instagram Live is there's an underlying optimism. Yeah. There's an underlying faith in their, what they've created and what the future holds. And I, I am very much in that camp. I would say to people you just have to be patient try and find what silver linings there are during mm-hmm. this forced reset uh there's a lot of beautiful things that are happening right now despite the despair despite the economic realities of where we are but i think you have to try and maintain a positive attitude and we will get through this and mm-hmm. we're going to come back and just the way that all these other industries um, through adversity get better. We are, we, are gonna, we are gonna get stressed, but through it, we're gonna be a better industry.
0: Well, Avi, thank you so much. Thank you for being so generous with your time and the Pali Society Recovery Fund, incredible. I wish you all the success with that. And I like many, many people watching are really looking forward to staying at our next Pali property. Thank you again for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy your week. This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pando. This episode features Avi Brosh, founder of Pali Society.